Welcome to the show, I'm your host Mike, and this week guys, I'm bringing you a sort of first impression slash solo review. I don't want to call it a solo review because I want to talk about this movie with Brian at one point, but also I don't want to call it a first impression because I have seen this movie twice already and I have some notes that I want to talk about just kind of briefly because I've been wanting to talk you guys about this movie for so long since the opening day but Brian and I have been having trouble finding uh, you know matching up schedules we're both busy my swim season started he's really busy with school as, as am I so it's kind of hard matching up those schedules so I wanted to do a, a quick episode where I kind of get my initial thoughts of uh, Stephen King's It the newest adaptation out of the way and just kind of out there because these have been these opinions of mine have been really kind of been building up inside I just want to talk to you guys about this and have that dialogue and just really get that out there um, so as you guys know uh, from our previous episode are a predictions episode where we talked about it Brian and I have been really looking forward to this movie actually yeah if I recall from that episode we recorded it the predictions episode maybe like an hour or two before we actually saw the movie and we were just so excited and that's what I want to talk about it's kind of this experience that I've had so far with this movie in the last few weeks so like like I said last time we've seen we, we did the episode and we were with Brian's girlfriend my roommate who we were just looking forward to this we went out to dinner we kind of made it a big event because this is something that Brian and I were really looking forward to I reread the book I just rewatched the miniseries I love it we talked about that history in that episode and we saw the movie and I've I have some interesting thoughts so like I mentioned earlier in this episode I just I've seen the movie twice and each time I've walked out I've had different thoughts, and I think it's because I've I've walked in with different perspectives. So when I walked in initially on that first showing on September 8th or September 7th, I was going in as a book purist that I was expecting this to be one of the most loyal adaptations since like The Green Mile or Stand By Me or Shawshank of Stephen King's work. And let me tell you right now, it is and it isn't, and I'll get into that in my no- as as we progress. And so that was the first time. The second time, I was just going in to try and just enjoy the movie as it was, as just a film. And I have to say, I think that I enjoyed the film a lot more the second time because I just walked in knowing what it was and what I was going to see. And so, and just moving f- like moving forward, I I want to let you guys know that I am. Rem- there's two things. I, I'm rem- reviewing this movie. Nothing about, you know, I, I'm hearing there's going to be a director's cut. Like, none of that idea, like, none of my ideas of what could be in a director's cut is going to influence this. I'm reviewing the theatrical cut that that was released on September 8th uh, domestically in the United States. I'm also going to be referencing the book a lot, just because I am kind of an, an it purist in that, like, I love the book. It's one of my favorite books. Like, you guys know, like I said, that history that I have with it. So... I will be referencing the book a lot, and I have to, 
it's it's interesting because when does that line get crossed of like okay this is a film and this is a book but like it's being based off the book i don't know i think something like like this especially when they're he- really heavily taking things from the book and even the directors and the creators of this film have said you know we're coming at this from a book perspective not a miniseries perspective i feel like i have to make these comparisons to the book especially to when things they're set up in the book and kind of in the film, but they work much better in the in the book and not so much in the movie. And I and we'll get into that. So those are two things. I'm I'm reviewing this theatrical cut. Nothing about like any ideas I may have that might be in a director's cut and Andy Muschietti's cut that hopefully will be released on DVD soon. And I'm looking at this from I'll be making a lot of comparisons to the book. And heads up, there will be a lot of spoilers in the book and this film. So. Take that for what it is. So, as I normally do in these uh, solo reviews of or by myself, I try and break it up into things. So, first pl- first point I have is the plot. So, liberties are taken, and some are obviously for the like I think are really benefit the plot and the film, and some not so much. Uh, the general plot is pretty true to the book. The general plot in that I mean, and the changes that they have, they're they're really good. Uh, I really like the modernizing of the story instead of taking this in, or having the setting take place in the 1950s. It's actually in the 1980s. I kind of like what they do with it, the style that they try and go for, and the aesthetic. It really works. I also kind of like they're kind of changing certain events. So like the black spot fire that is so prominent in the book. That's actually Brian actually made that prediction, which is uh, which is correct in that it's shifted towards a civil rights movement and I'm hoping that we're going to explore that in the next chapter but you know things like that um kind of modernizing it making it better uh which makes me also kind of excited because I wonder what they're going to do with that in chapter two because 27 years later is going to be in like the early like 2010s I believe so quick math and uh, yeah I'm just really excited to see what that like an actual like modern it will be like in our world, not like 1980s or 1990s. In 2000, I don't know, 12 or whatever it's going to be. I also liked uh, another theory, or not theory, I'm sorry, the change is having Georgie pulled into the sewer by the clown, which was already, like I kind of mentioned in the last, in the predictions episode, where it, it gives ca- the character of Bill more of a motivation. And I and I think that really worked. I, I thought that that was kind of more realistic, like he was chasing him, and it was kind of like an inner thing, and at the end of the movie, man, I gotta say, like, the scene, like, where Georgie's dragged in, and then Bill kind of encounters uh, Georgie, in a sense, and that scene was just so heartbreaking, and, and just amazing, and I'll get into the the characters of the actor soon, but I really like that 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 change. It seems like a seemingly small change, but it was over like the overarching story was kind of really significant, and I think that really was efficient. Um, I also like the small detail of Mike's parents dying in a fire. Just kind of expanded upon a like it was a primal fear of his of just fire. I kind of like that, and that was probably one of my favorite. Uh, iterations of Pennywise was coming to Mike as like these fires, like or like the, these like death fires in these hands. I really like that. So like I like what this is kind of coming to. It's like a lot of small changes, mostly. Uh, I don't really have any complaints on this department of the plot. Like they they generally work. Uh, it doesn't really take me out of the story. So it it just makes me more interested in chapter two. But the one thing 
is the ending of what they change. And this goes more into the themes of, like, like the smaller changes of the plot don't bother me, but what they do change, I think, goes more into my themes, which I is my last talking point. So put that on the back of your head, and we'll get back to that one. So the plot was fine. I It was, you know... Pretty, pretty true. It was a good plot. It wasn't didn't have any issues with that. So moving on to the, my second point, the characters. So all of the main characters are great. All of the child actors of the Lucky Seven, I, they're they're all amazing. Uh, especially now, the, I have to give shout outs to Ben, Beverly, Eddie, and as I think about it, the kid that plays Georgie. Especially, I think Georgie, the kid that plays Georgie, is one of the greatest actors in this film and he is like six years old or seven years old he's very young and he has the most dramatic scenes of the whole movie and he sells them and like i felt like crying when he was when he was on the screen and doing his and just acting like he really sold the part and he man he deserves some sort of acknowledgement for this role because he is just like such a good kid and man he's amazing but yeah ben beverly and eddie they all like those are the two those are the three characters that i really enjoyed seeing the most especially since like i kind of related to ben and that he's just kind of like if you've seen the movie i don't know how to describe him like he's just like a nice kid he's just kind of quiet introverted he knows his place but he's just a very a good kid. He's a good person. Beverly, I thought they really got her character down in this, especially from what she was in the book. Uh, just kind of, kind of like a a hard chick, but she's got like a heart of gold. I mean, I, I mean that's a really not the best way to describe it. But they they really kind of walked that line of her just being like a badass but really tender. And Eddie, man, he just had the personality the whole movie. He was funnier than I thought he was going to be, and it could have just not worked at all. But being that hypochondriac that he was, it was it's overplayed in the film, or it's it's exaggerated in the film as it was in the book. But here, it just it works. Like the character just works all together. So like those four are what like I really like standouts to me. But that's not to say that the others weren't. And so, like, they all had great chemistry, and they just really made me invested. I was never bored watching them on screen. It felt just like a realistic friendship. So, and then now, moving on to Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Before, I I had the predictions that he was going to be the greatest thing of this movie. And you know what? Like, he was excellent. I loved everything he did with this character. But here's the thing. I wish he was in the movie more and now this is kind of where i'm going to start going to my gripes with this movie so focusing on pennywise so in the last episode i made the prediction that i was making the comparison that this clown was going to be like another clown heath ledger now that analogy still works like of the joker but i used the wrong joker now what i really what i mean of that instead of heath ledger this is more of like a Jared Leto Joker in that, in, in the Suicide Squad, in that the actor playing this character definitely tries to do what they can to make this role unique and something and add something more, but they like kind of fall flat. Now, it's not necessarily because of the actor. I, I honestly, I think it's anything but the actor. I think it's just kind of, not so much a lack, well, Suicide Squad is obviously lack of direction, but here, I don't really know why, I just don't think that we had enough of this 
character as a clown. The moments that I enjoyed most, not it wasn't when he was scaring the kids, like taking on forms of other kids. Like my favorite scene of this whole movie with Pennywise is when he is when they go back on Nebolt Street as like a, a, a quote unquote group. And he climbs out of the refrigerator to scare Eddie, and he just goes, oh, time to float. And he, like, dances and intimidates him, and he, like, is, like, grabbing him and, like, scaring him, and he's, like, in his face and slobbering on him. Like, I love that scene. And then, like, and then in, the, in the sewer scene, when he's, like, talking to Beverly, he's like, oh, you're not afraid of me. Like, I love the moments when he talks, because... I don't know, it's just kind of like not exactly a Pennywise that we get. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. And I think those moments worked, because I, f I just... I, that Because that effort is there, he just... Like like I said, like, like, I, like I mentioned, that Eddie scene and like the Georgie scene where he's adding that character. Because those are the really only scenes we get to explore him as a character, which is what I think this movie doesn't explore, is they don't use him... They don't use Pennywise as a central villain or character. Well, like, obviously he's the villain, but they don't use him as, like, a character. They use him as a prop, as a means to move this plot, as a force that the kids have to defeat, but he doesn't have any, like, character. Like, what's... Like, Pennywise's... Like, in the book, Pennywise's character traits are, like, charming, but then he's he's a snake. He's a snake. That's what he is. That's why he takes the form of a clown. That's what it's it's weird. Like watching these reviews, people are like, why does he take a clown? And I always have to remember that people aren't super fans like I am. So the reason he takes the form of a clown is to entice people to come forward. Also kind of takes people off guard. Because like that's how we get that's how he lures Ger Georgie in and like small children is being like, Oh, I'm a clown and then he gets them closer and closer and then he turns when when he's got you in his in his grip and and so yeah i just didn't i just thought that they just used him as a prop and honestly i don't think that he was used at all I, people i've been reading reviews that they say oh like this is the horror movie that they have too much of the monster i don't know where that came from i didn't think pennywise was in this movie nearly enough at least the pennywise of like a character that i wanted to see him talk um so that's kind of my gripes on, and I'll and I have more stuff on Pennywise, but I want to get into my least favorite part of this movie, which is so unfortunate. It's the Bowers gang. They are the most wasted characters I've seen in a film in a long time, and like I've I've forgiven what they did with Patrick Patrick Hoxetter. Like if you if you recall my in the in the predictions episode, I was saying like they were gonna really feed into that, like, psychopathic Hoxetter character, and at first I was annoyed, but then his death scene was so epic and awesome and great, and it was so effective, I was like, okay, I can get by that, that's fine, like, whatever, um, I kind of like the kid that played him, I wish he was, the, I wish he was in the movie more, and I hope he makes an appearance in part two, or chapter two, just because I kind of liked what he went with it. Like, he was just, like, a tall, lanky kid, and just was, like, something of weird aura about him that I just wanted them to explore, but I definitely love that scene when he was in the sewer and Pennywise just Fs him up. Um, so I, for I forget what about pa Patrick Hoxetter, but Henry Bowers. Henry Bowers. Okay, so I think I mentioned Nostalgia Critic in my last, in my la in the 
in the previous episode where he just says, oh, he's a two-dimensional bully. And, like, that's what's a shame is he isn't supposed to be a two-dimensional bully. He's supposed to be the conduit for the audience about Pennywise's influence on people and the town of Derry. And so... How... And he's also instrumental in part... In, like, as their adult. So I guess chapter two. But hang on. We'll get to that in a second. So how do the filmmakers use him here? Well... They take him in the mini- in the previous miniseries as being a two-dimensional bully, and they transform him into a two-dimensional bully that has some that is a little bit more accurate to the book, and that he kills his father. That's it. Like that's <sighs> like he's just he's just crazy out of the gate. Like there's no slow decline from like just like a mean kid to like a socio or like a. Uh, psychopath, like a psych, a psychopathic character, like, just from the beginning, he's just a hate-filled, crazy kid, and he's a plot, he's just a plot element, like a prop, a prop, he's like Pennywise, he's a prop, he has no character, he has no motivation, whenever he appears, he's just, he's screaming, I think there's only one point where he doesn't scream, and it's when, uh, Bill stands up to him, and, like, kind of the beginning of the movie that's the only point where he's not screaming at someone and i'm like come on man what is this this like this character like i just want bowers to have like his actual thing like his actual like character arc because he's so pivotal in chapter two and and like uh, just more evidence of like why he's just a prop they freaking kill him in the end what? How? Why do they do that? Why do they do that? And don't pull that bullshit on me that he didn't die in that well. That is complete bullcrap. He hit... It's a circular well. He hit every... He, he hit every wall going... He hit every brick going down there. And... And it was interesting, like, when I first saw that well, I thought the hole in the wall was, like, at the bottom of the well. And... And when Henry falls into it, he, like, there's, like, a Doppler effect going on. Like, an echo, you hear, it's, like, Gandalf falling down in the first, um, Lord of the Rings. Like, he falls down, and I'm like, there's no way that he is alive. There's no way. And, peop- and like, people are telling me, oh, you didn't see him die, so therefore he's not dead. That's bullshit. So, and, oh, my, and if, and if they bring him back, I don't, Okay, so here's my theory on how Henry Bowers could have been redeemed in this film. So, one of the changes that I didn't really mention is his father is switched to a cop. And his father is not really... I think in the director's cut, they're going to be more because like of this relationship. Because in the book, his father is a crazed farmer. Just like a racist insane person and it explains like it kind of half explains why henry is so crazy in the way he is and how he's his mind is so susceptible to pennywise because he's already filled with hate excuse me with hate because just from out of the womb his father was instilling racism and and just like hate into his mind so in the film they changed into a cop and i didn't even realize this until like two-thirds into the movie, like, right before he kills him, because 
so in the beginning of the movie, like like I mentioned, when Bill th- like stands up to Bowers, Bowers like, oh, I'm gonna like I'm gonna beat you up, and then a cop walks up to him, and that's his father. I didn't even realize that until like this later scene, because we have Henry like he and his buddies have his dad's gun and they're shooting it, and his dad comes up to him and like shoots at his feet. So I guess that's supposed to imply that he's abusive. Although, like, Henry's a little shit, and he kind of deserved that. And and so, here's my theory. So, cause I, this is the change. I didn't understand why they made him a cop. Because it didn't factor into the story at all. It wasn't like Henry's dad was, like, an investigator on, like, all the missing kids or anything like that. Um, they even name drop, or not name drop, but they, like, reference a part in the book. Eddie says oh, I bet Bowers is the one behind all the disappearances. And that's what happens in the book. Bowers sees it. It takes, like, kind of control of him. And then Bowers, he confesses to all these murders. And Pennywise even goes as far as to plant evidence to suggest that Bowers is behind all of the stuff in the book. So this is how I think this could have worked out in this film. What they should have done instead is that... Okay, so Henry's dad is a cop. I think that whole setup of, like, him taking his gun and, like, him shooting his feet is fine. And then, I and, like, the reveal of him getting his knife back, like, from Pennywise, that's awesome. And, like, that whole scene when, um, I love the the detail of the uh, children's cartoon, like, throughout the whole thing. I loved it. I, I loved it. And that, and that, and that was, like, one of the mo- things I was most excited for. And then, like, so Henry, everything is perfect. When he, when he cuts his father's neck. Now, what I think should have been added at this point is that one of Henry's... One of his, his father's, uh, like, police buddies, whatever, deputies, whoever you want to... Whatever, police force guy, comes up to the house is like, hey, like, we're going on our rounds. Like, you ready to go? And then he walks in and sees Henry kill his father. And then he pulls out a gun and is like, yo, you're, com- you're under arrest. What did you do? And then... They arrest him, and then, like, it sets up the next movie where he confesses to the murders. He is set in, uh, like, the insane asylum, and, because Henry Bowers is so pivotal in chapter, I guess, quote-unquote, chapter two, because he is the one that really separates, uh, the Losers Club. I mean, Stan kills himself, but... And that's kind of, so it's like the six of them, and they're like, oh no, like, there's six of us, can we do this again? And then it goes on top that Henry uh, uh, incapacitates Mike, so now it's five going in, they're two men short going into this, and they're real, like, into this final fight. And so that's why he's so pivotal, but now it's like, he's dead! And that's gonna be so stupid if he's not dead, because then why did you have this whole fight if it doesn't add anything to it. So, I think he's a completely wasted character. And so, with that, I'm going to go into kind of my biggest point, is the theme. And like I said, this is what I wanted to talk about the most. In my opinion, this film completely missed the point of the book. Now, before I go into that, I want to ask you a question. You, the listener... What is the theme of this movie? Okay, so did you do you have a theme? Because I have no idea. I mean, I guess you could say, like, oh, conquer your fear. Like, okay, that's kind of like a surface level. But what makes this 
the book so awesome and what makes me love the book and always go back to it, why I just was drawn to it, is the idea of unity. This film does not have that theme of unity. And I think a lot of people get confused that like great chemistry does not mean unity. From this group of kids, I got that they were good friends and they had great chemistry, but they were not united. So examples of this, there's always, there's in-group fighting, and there's specifically the scene in the middle when they literally break up and there's like a montage of like what they do, like, like, uh, Richie, like they're all separated. And okay, I can see like infighting as a, as a means for dramatic, uh, tension. That's fine. I have no issues with that. I think it kind of adds to the tension, but then they break up and you're like, what? And so... And then it just diminishes the whole point that, so it Pennywise captures Beverly and kidnaps her, and so the get like the boys have to say, oh, they have Beverly, and they go in to save her. In the book, this is kind of like very. The, the the movie doesn't delve too much into this idea that there is a force beyond their recognition or like comprehension at that. I mean, they understand that there's something driving them together, but they can't explain it. And when they go against it, this initial uh, showdown as as children, they recognize like, oh man, stuff, something's about to happen, and we have to go down into the sewer. And they go down into the sewer and face off against it. Now, that's not here. This is just like we have to save Beverly. We have to save the damsel in distress. Another thing is they don't do things together. Now, when I say that, like, yeah, they swim, they do, like, friend things together, but, like, they don't do anything, like, pivotal together. So, like, cleaning of the bathroom in Beverly's house, like, they, cl- I'm pretty sure, well, like, I, so this is kind of from the miniseries. They cleaned it together. I don't think, I think in the book it was only a few of them, but in this, in the film, they have it, like, set up that they all should be there together, but then Richie has to stay outside and, and, uh, and be the watch, and then everyone else cleans it. I just thought that was a weird choice, decision to have, because, like, you have everyone there, but you don't have them all together, like, defeating this as a group. I guess it's kind of, like, just a nitpicking thing, like, I guess it could work either way, but I think the biggest thing is Kneebolt Street, and this is both both the best and worst part of the movie in that so in the book they when they go against like no one wants to fight pennywise bill is that leader that says we have to do this i will go in with her without you and you could come it's your decision to come but i'm going in with her without you and his friends say okay i'm going to go in with you like you're not going in alone we'll do this as a group and what I hate about Kneebolt Street here is that only three of them go in, and it's because they draw straws. Like, everyone should have been in that goddamn house. And what's stupid is, like, it could have worked. Now, like I said, it's the worst and best thing. Kneebolt Street was awesome. It was so awesome, this whole sequence. Because I predicted Kneebolt Street was, like, in the book, it's like a kind of like a funhouse from hell. And that Pennywise tries to separate them, and, like, it's, it's crazy. And that happens here. And that they separate... Eddie and Richie, 
and those were awesome, and I don't understand why the other kids couldn't have been in there, even, like, you could have just separated those two, and it still could have worked, but I don't understand why the other kids weren't in there, and they were just, like, idly outside, standing idle outside, um, so, that was annoying, and then, like, they come together in the end, and they, like, defeat it, but it's also, like, a physical thing, which, ugh, okay, so that kind of transition, it transitions into the final sewer scene, oh, man, like, it, it starts off so well with Bill confronting Georgie, and let me say right off the bat, Bill is a shit leader in this, and, like, don't give me that excuse that he's a kid, because in the book and in other media, this is like where 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 like boys have to be leaders. They learn for, and they grow, and that happens in the book. Like he kind of starts off making reckless decisions, but then he recognizes like, oh man, like I almost killed my friends because I was reckless and didn't think about my decision. Here he's just like running off into the sewer by himself, leaving his friends. He's like forcing them to do things that they don't want to do, and um. And it's not so much of a, like, I'm doing this with or without you. I always got the impression that it was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, you're not going to do it with me. Kind of one of those things. And he's just, like, reckless. I just didn't like where, like, he, he just was baited so easily. But I have to admit, he does have his moment at the very end when Pennywise, like, kind of makes that, oh, makes that, uh, what that deal with the group of, like, if you leave me with Bill, I'll leave you alone. And, hang on, I'll get to that in a, in a second. So, But the point is, Bill has his moment because he says, leave me. Like, this is my fault, I'm sorry, like, I don't want you to suffer anymore. But this final scene in the sewer, this beat down on Pennywise, ugh. See, the whole time I, th I was seeing this beat down, like this physical beat down, I was just thinking of that scene in Office Space where they destroy the printer, and it's like that gangsta music playing, and it's like, like it's it's played as like a like comedic thing. That's all I was thinking of here because, and like, what's so disappointing is like, this is not this this confrontation with Pennywise. It's it's half physical, but it's also half spiritual, and they didn't even delve into that at all in this part, so they're just, like, taking bats and clubs and beating Pennywise over the face and the head, and, yeah, if you're, like, really scared by jump scares, which is what this whole movie is, like, very rarely were there very scenes that my heart rate was going, the only two scenes that I can think of was the Georgie scene, that was, my heart rate was at, like, 160, that was, that, it was good until I saw the CGI bits, um, it completely took me out of it, but, and, uh, the scene when Pennywise comes to Mike in the sewer, that was awesome, like, those were, like, the two, like, creepy scenes that I had, everything else was just, like, loud noise, followed by a very scary image, and then, or, like, rushed this, like, you couldn't process it so fast, so you were scared by, like, the lack of processing, and, like, the scary image on the face, um, but, yeah, I just didn't like this beatdown, like, they didn't set up the spiritual side of it, which is what makes me interested in part two, uh, because none of that spiritual, like, cosmic entity that Pennywise is, is not set up in this movie at all, um, I also mentioned that whole scene with Pennywise, like, kind of offering the children that deal, 
this is another reason why they're not unified, because the kids in the book would have said, F that, we're going to kill you right now, like, get your hands off him, but they stand there for an uncomfortably long amount of time, and Beverly even has to say, hey guys, we're not going to do this, like, that's ridiculous that these kids, like, even a thought would enter their mind that they're going to abandon their best friend and their leader, so the 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 beatdown had cathartic release if you were scared by jump scares but it was just underwhelming and it doesn't tie into I never really got the idea that they were like oh we be- we did it as a group I just got it that they had they had a very strong swinging arm so you know that happened I just <sighs> I, I just have no... I, I just think it completely misses the point. And, like I said, it's, it's an idea that they didn't develop of, like, the spiritual side. Um, I, I have no idea what they how they plan on accomplishing this in the next movie. I don't know. I have no idea. So, this is where I get to why I'm so torn on this movie. It's very clear that love and attention and detail when every aspect of this movie the 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 filmmakers like in the casting in the in the wardrobe in like the actors and themselves and the camera angles the cinematography guys is amazing and it's it's unique like i loved what like every part of this movie was just great watching every meticulous detail and like even watching like the behind the scenes it was just amazing just watching these people work and which is why I'm so torn. Like, I want to love this movie so much. Like, a part of me really does. But then the purest side of, of Stephen King's It, just, I can't help but notice these things that they got wrong. And and the, and the thing is, small details are fine. Like, you can o- always overlook the small details. But when they get the entire theme wrong, it just really, I can't I can't get over it. Especially when they're saying they come, they're coming at this from like a book perspective, when they completely miss the purpose and the point of the book. But you know, despite what I just said, like the film overall is very fun. When I left the theater both times, I was I wanted, I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth per se. I definitely wanted to see the movie again. And so with that. I am not going to give my like my star rating just yet because I want to have this talk with Brian and bounce ideas off him and see what he has to say because he had a very a very visceral reaction to this film in a very particular way and I'm not going to say how but I think it would be a great conversation so until then I think I will just leave you because it's still in theaters and I definitely think people should see this in theater um, go support it I definitely think that this is how Movies like this should be should be made in general. Just love and attention and wanting to make the greatest thing ever. And I know this might sound a little contradictory, and if it is, oh well. I, I have very complex feelings on a complex book that was turned into a movie. Um, so guys, with that, I have this... This, is, this concludes this episode of Amateur All Tours. Hopefully Brian and I can get our schedules together and talk about this movie more in depth, give you a very long episode and discussion of Stephen King's It. So with that, guys, thank you for listening. Have a great night.